What's up, guys? This is your host, Jay, and welcome to the 91 Perspective Podcast. This is a safe space where I vocalize my opinions and views on things, while also allowing others of different backgrounds and perspectives to do the same. The reason why I created this podcast is for people like you and me to get to know each other through love, dignity, and respect, as well as discussing a variety of topics and issues you may not be aware of. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the 91 Perspective Podcast. I'm your host, Jermaine, and welcome to Season 4, Episode 14, and we're going to talk about my top five moments of Attack on Titan Season 4, Part 4. Hey guys, just want to let you know it's Part 2 of Season 4. I misspoke. It's Part 2 of Season 4 of the anime. Now, if you guys heard my... uh, Last podcast where I talked about my top five moments of season four, part one. It's up there. Go check it out. This will be part two. So, guys, I know the anime isn't done. It's not done yet. We still got to wait probably till next year. We don't know if it's going to be season four, if it's going to be a movie, or if it's going to be part three, season four. Season four. Did I just say that? Season five. (laughs) Long day at work. All right. So the first moment I actually want to get into for part two of season four that I really liked was Aaron versus the Armor Titan and Jaw Titan. Now, that episode, there was a lot of things that went on. But for me, what, what I really liked about that moment was this was our first time seeing Aaron use the Armor Titan, not Armor Titan, the uh, War Titan's ability. Excuse me. If you guys remember from part one of season four, uh, Aaron fought the War Titan, the, the Warhammer Titan in Marley. You know, I talked about that as one of my um, top five moments. I love the Warhammer Titan. I actually, I really love its ability. Uh, I don't really care too much for the user, but the ability is pretty amazing in itself. And we got to see what it's capable of. Now with Aaron, seeing him use it, he used it before where he escaped um, from jail. He he closed up the, uh, the exit where he tunneled under. I actually really would love to see how he, he, he had done that. But we get to see him in battle with the Warhammer Titan ability. And it was pretty cool. But in in my opinion, I felt like Isayama toned down Eren to some extent. Now, yes, we have to take into consideration that Eren didn't really have much time to practice the ability and he also had three titan abilities all in one he has the founder within him he has uh the attack titan which is his primary titan and he has a war hammer titan ability which uses up a lot of stamp stamina uh so 
you know, he didn't have a lot of time training that ability. But just him using the spikes um, in a defensive, somewhat offensive way, uh, mainly defensive. I liked it. I really did like liked it. I really wish he could have done more with it. I really wish uh, we could have seen uh, uh, Aaron be a little bit more creative with his ability. Um, because, okay, he used it to impale Reiner with the armor titan. And Reiner, uh, I think he dodged some of it. Then he takes his own spike and impale uh, Aaron, only because... He got shot in the head by uh, the cart titan. They had the anti-titan cannon, shot him in the head twice, so he couldn't really move that much. Um, but if that was the case, Aaron would have, you know, won that fight against Reiner and Gilliard with the jaw titan. So I really appreciated Aaron using the ability. Um but I really wish he was a little bit more creative and utilized it to another level. I, I, I wish Isayama would have pushed it a little bit more. Maybe him having the founder, he could do it in a way where, you know, there's some ambiguity of how much of the founder did he have access to. But, you know, we know that he can't use the founder. He can only use it while he's in contact with a Royal Blood member, which would be Zeke or Historia. Side note, if you really think about it, Zeke and Historia are just distant cousins. They, they, because Dina Fritz was from the Royal family. And uh, uh, Reese, the Reese family, they, they were originally Fritz, but they changed their last name to Reese. I've got uh, Historia's father's first name, but Zeke and Historia are really just distant cousins. Anyway, off that side note, my second moment within um, part two of season four was uh, when Zeke and Aaron went into their father's memory. And within Tack on Titan, before these episodes came out, as I was reading the manga chapters, a lot of people did videos um, on YouTube, especially uh, The Sufferant. I believe he went by a different name before The Sufferant. He had another name. Uh, uh, Dressrosa. Yeah, that was his name. Dressrosa at first. You know, shout out to all you One Piece fans. Um, but he changed it to The Sufferant. And... Again, he talked about this whole uh, Isayama's time loop or time concept within Attack on Titan is very weird. It's interesting, weird, and different. The founder or anyone who has the founder ability has the power to travel back into time through memories. And the way that this is possible is because there's this uh there's this uh metaphysical dimension called paths. And because all 
Eldians are connected to each other and it all points back to the coordinate which is the founder the founder is able to travel through or it's or the El, uh the founder is uh, I would say um coding or presence or spirit in a sense or, or, or essence is connected because of the life form that connected it and it activated the the the, the path world so th there's other crazy abilities that the founder can do as far as change the genetic structure of a eldian person to where uh they could either be euthanized so where they can't have children they can um heal from deadly diseases uh who knows maybe uh modify their lifespan to maybe make them live longer or shorter or take back a couple of years of, of people's lifespan or, or extend their lifespan um, take away their memories um, even uh, there is a latent ability if no one consumes a titan shifter after before either before or around the time of 13 years a Eldian child at some point in their their life will will have a uh, one of the nine Titan shifting abilities without consuming anyone. So now you, you're also talking about um, spatial dimensional abilities where the founder or anyone that using the founder powers can travel through time into memories because paths are connected it's really weird but it's interesting an interesting concept and i thought it was fascinating how this played out not only that i also you can um project future memories the ability is very it's convoluted there's a lot of ambiguity around it but from what we know it it's it's it, it is um, fourth to fifth dimensional. It's transcendental abilities. This transcend um, space, time, and matter. Because even in the path worlds, another thing that I forgot to mention was um, the founder in the path worlds, time, uh, the way time uh, functions in the path world is different compared to the material world. So in this spiritual transcendent dimension, when you're in that realm, while your presence is there, it feels like time hasn't passed while at the very same time, time has passed immensely. So that might be like an aspect of what it would feel like to be in the afterlife. This is something that I actually was thinking about uh, also as a believer, as a, as a Christian. So I'm like, hmm, interesting, which I would I would argue uh, this actually takes away from um, some truths of this probably takes away from the Christian worldview. But that's a whole nother discussion for another video. So, the fact that Zeke and, and, and um, 
and Aaron went through their father's memories. And then uh, Aaron was also able to interact with his father from the past. It's weird. They're in their father's memories. If it's his memories and he's no longer around because Aaron consumed him, how would he have been able to access these memories if these memories had already passed? But again, this is um, Attack on Titan's uh, way of traveling into uh, time. Time travel is through paths. Again, because of this ability. In fact, it's not. We're not entirely sure if it's, if it's an ability from the hallucinogenia that created the path worlds, or it the path worlds already existed. It was already a realm that just pre-existed, and uh, Ymir was able to connect to that world um, via the hallucinogenia and after death. Anyway, so that was really interesting. Um, seeing how. It's almost like um, Zeke and Aaron being in that world affected uh, Grisha. The funny thing is, Grisha, in the past, is experiencing one timeline, but he's also being affected by a a future... Uh, his future sons, Zeke and Aaron. So the future presence of, of a being is affecting the past presence of a being and which also affected the present because Aaron, we thought Grisha committed to uh, the plan of, of, of killing Frida and the, and the royal family by himself. But uh, we see that Aaron affected his father through these traveling of his father's memories, again, via the paths. So this this is really a fourth, fifth dimensional, transcendent, um, uh, uh, dimensional type of thing that is happening. And again, like I said, it's interesting, but weird. And we get different, we get like a different perspective of Aaron just seems like Aaron's an evil character to be honest with you in my opinion um uh an evil character with somewhat good intentions uh Zeke was very surprised he did not know this uh the attack titan has his own ability to know stuff about the future which is weird in itself in itself I, I to be honest I think Isayama um he had to figure out some way in writing a way for uh, this character to get one up on the founder. Because if you think about the founder's ability, what can Aaron really do? It seems like the founder is like so immensely powerful. But the rena- the oh, that's another thing. Whoever is the founder, they can create a whole new law some type of law like um, logic of law within a Titan ability because uh, the 108th I believe the 108th King King Fritz created this 
vow to renounce war, which is like a law, a decree. And that's with the help of the founder Titan. So, but what makes King Fritz so different? What makes King Fritz so different from any other founder? If another founder, if another person was to get the founding ability, oh, if they resembled King Fritz and Ymir is a slave to King Fritz because Ymir loves the king, couldn't that new person who has the founder overwrite the other uh, founder's uh, law, like changing the law of logic. Well, actually, well, oh, you know what? That that happened, Zeke. Because, but no, but again, it's weird because because Zeke doesn't have the founder, he's not influenced by the king's will. But because he was in that world before, he got to that world before. Um, you know what? Now that I think about it, I'm not even going to finish that thought. It, it really is kind of up to Ymir because Ymir saved Zeke before Aaron ever, ever touched them to get into that place. So he was able to be in this world and understand its overall essence to to construct his 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 new law to overwrite the the vow of renouncing war so after that he was able to like control that space freely move you know take the chains off of him and Aaron was surprised by well that whole like that within attack with Titan was a, was very interesting also uh Aaron like touching Ymir and like getting to um see her past memories of how she grew up and how she how she came to be the first uh, Titan shifter ever. There's a lot of, there's a lot of cool things about the path world, but again, it's it's weird and, and things like that. So so that was my top two moment. My top three moment is honestly it's Yeah, actually, it's Ymir's past. I actually kind of went into it a, a little bit. Ymir's past, just seeing what she went through was kind of crazy. Um, I'll say this. On one hand, I can understand. Okay, on one hand, as a person, I, I can look at her like where I, where I strongly disagree with. Um, in how she lived as a person was she was a willing participant at a certain point. She still came back to serve King Fritz. Yes, she was a slave and everyone talks about slavery. There's a whole, uh, there's a lot of conversations about the topic of slavery, but the way I see it, I, I, at some point, she could have overthrown King Fritz. She could have overthrown him and, and created her own world. But she chose not to. Because she loved him. Eh. However, on the other hand, I can see where the other side of the argument would be, well, she was a slave and she didn't really have her own will. Or she was manipulated so much to the point that she willing she 
again, <laughs> you could. This is see. This is why I wouldn't feel that sorry for her. But I do feel sorry for her on certain points. But hey, she was a slave. She was controlled heavily. She didn't really. She didn't really have anything for herself. And it's possible in her specific case, she just was so entrenched in being a slave. Um, so I can see two sides of the argument, but I'm leaning more on the first. She she had an opportunity to make a difference, a, a better difference, um, a more positive difference. But I know the theme of Attack on Titan is that it's a cruel world. Uh, my fourth moment within uh, Attack on Titan, which I really did like, retrospective. Flock gets his shine. For one, in that in that scene with Flock, the animation was so well done. In fact, for the entire episode. But with Flock, he was MVP to me. Him and Mikasa, but but again, Flock. Him with the, the thunder spear flying like in midair. His hair's flying back and forth. He got the cut on his face. He's going in. I loved it. To me, that was like a really cool moment. And I appreciate that <laughs> from Flock. Uh, in the manga, it was short-lived. Like, he had good moments in the manga. Don't get me wrong. And, and, you know, every month when it was released, every single chapter that came out each month, um, he had his shine. But they really, really highlighted that moment of him trying to uh, shoot down the, uh, well, destroy the, the ship, the anime beautiful, beautifully animated him to, his, like, full glory. I, I kind of felt bad him, like, not succeeding. I'm like, dang, what if he did? Like, what if he did and he, he would stop them in their tracks? That would be the end of Attack on Titan. My last... And final top five moment for uh, season four, part two, would be Aaron as the founder. When I read this in the manga and I saw Aaron's form, I'm like, oh, my God, he's like hell on earth. He's a demon. This he would be the devil. He is the earth devil of of that world. He like the his the grudge look. Where he had like the long hair, like the the little girl, the little girl with the black hair, the eyes are glowing. Well, in the manga, his eyes wasn't glowing, but in the anime, his eyes are glowing green, and he he has like a skeletal body. He really no flesh, but he's just like hanging down. Like it's such a grim, horrific imagery of of him. He is like Isayama really is painting the picture of like. He's pretty much the devil of this world, and he's going to, like, kill, exterminate, genocide every single person on the face of the planet outside of Paradise Wall. Do I agree? Like I said, no, I don't agree. But this was, like, it's a top five moment for me because it's, like, it just really shows how far we've come from 2013 when the anime first came out, season one, to, like, 2022 and next year would make 10 years the anime has been out but him behind you see all the colossal titans hundreds thousands probably millions across like across the world and him 
uh, behind them, just towering over them like like a huge skyscraper. That was crazy. Like that was definitely crazy. And and, and when I read the manga, I, I said to myself, I wonder how they're going to animate this in the anime, and I wonder what people's thoughts are going to be. Like. Like, how far people are going to think, like, oh, my God, this is really dark. This is really dark and really bad. And, like, no, no, in fact, I, I had somewhat of, a, of an idea. And, and, I, and I'm kind of thinking, like, okay, yeah, people are going, like, I could like I can see most people as viewers are, like, we're against Aaron because we're against genocide. We, we're not for that. But Aaron seemingly has some has a good reason for why he's doing what he's doing but anyway those are my top five moments those are my thoughts let me know what you guys think if you're listening to this on anchor leave me a voice message if you're watching this on youtube leave me a comment like the video all that good stuff all right guys this is your host jermaine and i'm out peace hi guys this is Jermaine from the 91 Box Production. I'm a freelance artist, influencer, and creator. Just wanted to let you know some of the platforms you can follow me at. You can find me at artstation.com, behence.net, deviantart.com, where you can find my artwork. Just type in the 91 Box Prod, Prod P R O D. Also, I have NFT artworks on OpenSea.io, just type in the underscore Pixie King in all caps. And I usually do a podcast called the 91 Perspective Podcast. If you're listening to this on Anchor, I have a YouTube channel called the 91 Box. If you're listening to this on YouTube, I have a podcast on Anchor and it distributes it on all different platforms like Spotify, Pocket Cast, and much more. Also, I have a TikTok. It's called the 91 Box, but you might see a logo where it says the 91 Box Production. Now, where you guys can really help me out a lot is that I have a Patreon. You guys can go to patreon.com, just type in the 91 Box Production. That is my company. And guys, this is Jermaine. I hope you enjoy what I'm doing. I'm out. You have a wonderful day. Peace.